If I'm a leader and I'm expecting revival to come, I want to train my other leaders to know how to listen to the Spirit and cooperate with it. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. We are so excited to have you uh, today. And I'm Bill Eliff, and this is Kyle Reno, and and we're your hosts on this podcast. And uh, today, and for the next three weeks, Kyle, uh, I am so pumped about this because we're going to talk about when God comes, what do we do? And, And I'm telling you, uh, it's scary sometimes yeah. when the Lord really shows up and we're clueless. Right, right. You've so, been there before, right? You've been oh in those God. moments when you, yeah. and in leadership specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a spiritual leader in your church or a pastor, you've had those moments where something happens, mm-hmm. you know, you're hoping for the good, but even in the bad, you don't know what to do. I remember this time we planted the Summit Church in Conway. Man, we had so many people that had rallied to the cry and volunteering. And so we thought, like, we need a moment to honor them. Mm-hmm. So let's put as much effort, our pastors, into finding a way to really serve our volunteers and say, you're the best thing since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. You know, so we put, I mean, we literally wrote songs for <laughs> them, all these things. So we come to this big rally night. It was in the springtime, you know, in, in Arkansas. And they come to it. We have like 100-something people that's been mm-hmm. serving. Well, what we didn't do is track the weather that day. <laughs> and and what I can see where this is going. Yeah, and what <laughs> happened that night uh, as we are about to start, right? About to start. Sirens go off. Mm. Power goes out. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so what do you do when the night that was supposed to be about honoring them turns into I hope we don't die. <laughs> Let's find <laughs> and you a spend space. all this time and energy. All this energy, yeah. but you have to lead. Yeah. You know? So what do you do in the unexpected? That's the bad. Yeah. But what about in the good? Well, and I, I think revival in its fullest sense of the term, this extraordinary movement of God that produces extraordinary results right. is, is unusual right. in its very nature. You know, I, I have had the privilege of being in, in several moments where God has just manifested himself way beyond the ordinary. We talked on one podcast, I believe, about what happened in 2011 when a normal service uh, went past the noon hour to 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And then uh, we extended to the next night and the next night and the next night. And that went five weeks every night for three to four hours a night. Now, and it was spontaneous. It wasn't nothing planned about it. That's, if you're the leader or one of the leaders, that's scary. It's beautiful, but it's scary. And if I hadn't been in some moments like that before and had a little bit of understanding, I I wouldn't have known what to do at all and may have completely shut it down, completely quenched the spirit. And that's the typical thing we do is when God really shows up and it gets scary a little bit and uh, unusual, we just say, well, let's have a closing word of prayer. And we may stop 
uh, something that God wanted to extend and do extraordinary things. So coming out of some of those experiences, I sat down with our staff here at the summit one day, and just because I wanted them to be equipped for the next move of God, and just started uh, writing out, how do you steward this? How do you manage this? How do you uh, cooperate with God in times of revival? So the next three weeks, we're going to talk about that. And if you're uh, if you're a uh, non-paid uh, person in a staff call uh, on a church, call your pastor and call your leaders and say, "Hey, you guys really need to listen to these podcasts uh, because it's it's vital equipping in the spiritual awakening that we believe is coming." So I'm going to get to as many as these as I can today, and then we'll pick it up the next two podcasts. First of all, uh, number one, what you need to do when an extraordinary movement begins of revival, you need to pray. And that sounds so simple, but God knows exactly what to do in that moment. And he's the head and we're his body. And so if we'll just talk to him in the middle of a service, in the middle of a sermon, I I remember that moment in 2011, I was preaching on the quenching of the Holy Spirit. And right in the middle of of my message, the Lord just said to me, "Uh, Bill, stop. That's all you need to say. And I'm preaching and praying at the same time. You can do that. Hmm. And I'm saying, Lord, I've got a whole second half of this message, and it's really good. (laughs) And the Lord said, don't quench the Spirit. And so as I'm praying, he gave direction, and we moved into something way better than the second half of my message. So you've got to pray without ceasing. And, I, and I, I've often told people about that five-week um, explosion of God in our church. I stood at the microphone, kind of shepherding the microphone through that whole time, and I was just praying constantly. Somebody would come up and say something. i say, Lord, what do you want us to do? I never knew 10 minutes what was going to happen 10 minutes later. I always knew in the moment exactly what I was supposed to do. Like the Lord said, okay, have everybody with this problem stand up and call them to prayer. Have them call people, do this, do that. It was unbelievable. The Holy Spirit is a really good leader, but you can't let him lead if you're not talking to him. So we really, when God shows up, just say, man, the one job I have to do right now is to pray and to listen to the Lord and then do exactly what he says. So pray, and pray without ceasing. Secondly, when God shows up, uh, and, and as you sense he's coming, create an expectant culture. Now, what I mean by that is celebrate what God is doing and anticipate more all the time. You know, I, I have been, I'm a student of revival I know these stories about revival. I, I love the story of Evan Roberts, 26-year-old Bible student that God uh, raised up to lead the Welsh revival, and and a hundred thousand people came to Christ in nine months, and it went all around the world. It literally affected the world. I don't know that I ever speak to a group that has students in it 
that the thought doesn't come to my mind, I wonder if the next Evan Roberts is here. I just think about it all the time. I wonder if this is the place. I wonder if this is the moment. I wonder if this is a service when God is going to explode his work. And another word for that is faith. It's just faith. Just believe God that revival is coming. And it may be revival with a little r in my heart. It might be revival in our church. It might be revival with my small group. You know, this extraordinary movement of the Spirit of God. Or it may be that God is sparking something in our city or our nation or the world. So live with faith. Live and, and create and cooperate with God to develop an expectant culture about revival. Number three in what to do in times of revival and how to prepare for that is prepare leaders who know how to follow the Holy Spirit. Now, I know a lot of guys who know how to follow the program, who know how to uh, stay with the order of service, right? Who know how to follow the protocol that they've learned of the do's and don'ts of how you lead and how you how you navigate a, a service or a moment. But I don't know too many people who know how to listen to the voice of the Spirit, which has to be learned. It has to be cultivated. You just don't find that in a guy overnight. So if I'm a leader and I'm expecting revival to come, I want to train my other leaders to know how to listen to the Spirit and cooperate with Him. How, how do you do that? Well, it's, it happens on a weekly basis. It happens by praying together and, and, and by sensing, hey, I just sense the Lord wants us to do this right now. And so I know that's not what we were planning in our staff meeting. I know that's not what we were planning in our small group. I know this is not what we're planning. What if God shows up in the middle of a worship service with a song? And, and I know I, I have, it's really important, I think, to cultivate a relationship with a worship pastor that he knows, man, if the Lord takes us in another direction, that's where we're going. Because his plan is always better than our best laid plans. Well, I want to tell you something. In a moment of the manifest presence of God, that's the way you operate. And if you don't, if you try to get it back into your little system, you quench the spirit. So you have to have men and ladies around that know how to flow with that, the children's people who know how to flow with that. In other words, God shows up in a, in a worship service, and, and, and uh, the pastor has enough sense to say, hey, the Lord's here, and we're not stopping right now. you got to have children's leaders who know, hey, God's showing up, and we're going to flex and, and <laughs> play you know, 10 more videos out here with our kids uh, because we don't want to interrupt what the Spirit of God is doing. So we need to learn how to follow the Spirit, and we need to train up a generation of leaders who know that. And then number four is lean for counsel on those who've been there. Now, I think if, if nationwide revival happened like it's happened five times in our history, there's not hardly any of us who've been there. There's a few that were uh, still around uh, that were in the Jesus movement, but there's not many. And so, but there are people who have learned in smaller moments how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit 
what the ways of God are like, and and we sense, okay, here's how the Lord is moving. I want those people around me in a moment of of real revival. When it breaks out in, in my church, I want to turn to some other guys and say, what are you sensing? Where do we need to go? And be able to listen to them and pay attention to them. One of the reasons when the Lord just showed up in uh, revival in our church several years ago, for me personally, that I was able to navigate that is there, there were some men around me who had been in similar moments, and I leaned on them for their, for their help. So lean for counsel on those who've been there. And then number five, don't be afraid of the abnormal, right? Because what revival is, is an extraordinary manifestation of the Spirit of God that produces extraordinary results. So by its very nature, it's beyond normality, right? And we shouldn't shy away from that. We should embrace that and not be afraid of it. During the First Great Awakening, Jonathan Edwards wrote a very famous book called Religious Affections. And the reason he wrote that book is because things were happening that were out of the ordinary. Emotional things were happening. People were doing different kinds of things that they hadn't seen before. That wasn't, you know, totally bizarre. It was just uh, an excitable time because God was moving in an extraordinary way. You can, you can get extremes that are wrong, right? But we shouldn't be afraid of something that takes us beyond normality, and uh, we should embrace that. Kyle, in times of revival, uh, you know, there's a famous saying, I don't know who said it first, but that the, the fame of revival mm-hmm. spreads the flame of revival. Right. So there's something about hearing what God has done in people's lives. It's right. so critical. Right. And when you look back to the, to the revivals of the past, the great awakenings of the past, God has used testimonies right. to really make things uh, explode yeah. in churches. And we've got to make room for that. Yeah. Because lives are being changed. Right. And to stop those things from being shared in some way, shape, form, or fashion is stifling the work of God. And so across revival history and across our recent history, you know, in the moves of God you've been in, but also in moves of God even now. And so we actually have, every time we do our podcast, it's revival truths and then testimonies about revival. And this one's actually around that thought, around testimonies. So Steve Canfield with Life Action, been greatly used of God. We actually had a chance to catch up and interview him on this very thing. So let's take a few minutes and listen to him. So welcome again, One Cry Podcast family. And I am uh, again also excited to have Steve Canfield. Uh, wow, a long time uh, revivalist in Life Action Ministries. I-, I think Steve has been in literally thousands of churches, but probably uh, six, seven, eight hundred, I don't know, for protracted times. Now, I'm not talking about uh, a day or two or three or four, but I'm talking up to two weeks, three Sundays. Sometimes it gets extended beyond that. So enough time for some really deep work of God, vertically in relationships, but then also horizontally, as God has now empowered uh, uh, his children vertically as they met with him to to go out and begin to share uh, openly what God is doing and to to begin on those horizontal relationships. And so Steve Canfield, welcome back to the One Cry Podcast. Good to have you here and 
you're sitting in your motorhome again because you are still on the road uh, on a church parking lot meeting with God's people and uh, going through the process of saying yes to God. So let's jump back into this whole theme of testimonies. I know the last time you shared some stories of testimonies, I know you um, uh, weighed in on the importance of them and how God um, uses them in, in those who are sharing, but also those who are listening. But I would think there are pastors of congregations who are asking a very simple question. Uh, yes, Steve, as you said last time, I'm afraid of the fallout. I'm afraid of negative feedback. I'm afraid I'll be uh, totally silenced that nobody will respond. But let's assume we get over all of those humps. <laughs> and now you're standing there. And when do you decide to have testimonies? How often would you, if you were a pastor or in your context, and and, and what are some guidelines that have really been helpful to you? Because you have literally led, facilitated hundreds upon hundreds of testimony services. And effectively, I might add. So, Steve, talk to this pastor out here. Talk to me. Talk to us about, uh, man, how do you go about this? Just from a pragmatic standpoint. I, th I think there are three um, ways you can do testimonies. Um, I think the most effective is to have them come to the front and and the, the mechanics of that is important you don't want to just hand a person a mic and say here tell us what you want to say because you end up getting people that are preaching and whatever else so what we do is we have them come i stand next to them and we have three guidelines one be brief don't talk a long time i want their life story and i, I say to them if you have a hard time finding lightning strip then I'll, then I'll help you down and and don't be afraid to interrupt someone to have a conversation with them be brief and then be specific um, don't talk about other people's sins. Uh, don't talk about what happened in the past. Just say, here's what God is saying to me now. So be specific about your issue, not someone else's issue. And number three, bring all the glory to God. Not to say, boy, because this person counseled me or this pastor said this, um, God, God needs to get the glory. So we want to give them those guidelines of, 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 of um, just some, some parameters. And then we give them some uh, guidelines to hang a testimony on. To one, just to say, where, where did God find you? Um, we're, we're not talking about, you know, 20 years ago. Where did God find you in the last week or in the last few days? And then what has God said to you? What, what, what did you sense God tell you? And then what did you do with what has God has said to you? Have you obeyed what God has said? So we kind of give them a, a little um, skeleton to hang their, their uh, testimony on. And then I'm, I'm not afraid to, um, I, I always have a mic myself so I can ask them a question or interrupt them if I need to and help steer that conversation I think a lot of testimony services are killed because somebody just kind of starts rambling and um, you've got to be able to have conversation with them um, at that point. Um, so so that, that is the, the first way. The second way is what we call popcorn testimonies where I'll have some of our team members stand with microphones out in the auditorium and take the microphone to people. There, there's some people that are just are not going to get out of their seat, walk down the front, some can't do it physically. And so sometimes we will have um, them just kind of pop up where they're at and we'll get a microphone to them. Now, again, in this situation, you know, to talk to them, ask them questions if you need to. Um, but, but again, give them some guidelines about being brief and be specific and what Scott was saying to you in the last few days. But, but that's a real effective time to kind of do it. In a, in a, you can have a lot of testimonies in a short period of time. Um, I, th I think the third way is through video. And with all the technology of today, it's actually a, a great opportunity to have somebody sit down, give their testimony, and then you can edit out all the unnecessary things 
and and but there's there's all those three components are are important and to do always do it just video I think you do something I think there's sometimes where a video is incredibly powerful so I would use all three of those um, avenues of having testimonies if I was a pastor in the local church. You know, Steve, a couple other things I've heard you say that I thought was always so encouraging to me. Uh, maybe not only where did God find me, uh, what did he say, uh, how did I respond, but what has the result been uh, where people express the joy and free? I can't remember how many times I've heard him say, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, finally I'm free. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe uh, he that confess their faults one to another, you know, will be delivered. And uh, so that's cool. And then secondly, the uh, uh, fourth way maybe is, you in almost every place you've been for protracted meetings, at the end of the whole time that you're there, you haven't get out a piece of paper or something. Right. And you have what you call dear team for the whole team that's there in the church, but you have them write out what God said to them. Mm -hmm. And I am the guy back at our home base that for decades, literally would read almost every one of those and mm -hmm. go through them. And I'm telling you what that did to my heart. Uh, to see the fruit in all these people's lives. And it's not unusual. You'll get a hundred of those paragraphs written out of how God met with people. And that's important for them too, because there's something about verbalizing, writing down, putting in sentences, what God's doing in your life. It seals it in your heart. And again, as we talked about the other week, God uses that in the lives of others in ways that you never could have realized your obedience. And uh, let me go back to some of the practical handles again on this. So let's hypothesize a pastor is really being courageous now, believing this is what God has, and really a step of obedience, maybe more than courage here and faith and anticipation of what God mm -hmm. could do. But he, he invites people to respond, and uh, they don't. <laughs> what do you do as a pastor? How do you encourage them to? I think they're, uh, yeah, talk to us about how you kind of set it up at the beginning. I think, I think part of it, as, as a pastor, you may have heard and know what's going on in some people's lives. It's not a bad idea just to say, would you share that this Sunday? I'm going to have an opportunity to do that. And I'd like you to be the first one to do that. Um, as I come to a point where if, if no one's coming, I usually will say, you know, the, the most important thing is for those of you in leadership to share. I was a meeting one time where a guy came to share and he said, I sat there and I thought, well, if one of those deacons shares, then I'll share. He's now, now I am a deacon. And so I realized I need to lead the way. And yeah. so I'll say, you may be a staff member. And I've, I've talked with them through the week. I know God's doing something in their life. And, and you've shared that. You need to come share that with the rest of the church. And so encourage the leadership to step forward and step up the plate, um, either before you start or even in the, in the service itself. And just say, sometimes I'll say, I'm going to start with, with three men. Because a lot of times guys will sit there and say, well, you know, it's usually women to give testimonies. And I'll say, I want to hear from ladies and men, but I'm, I'm going to start with three men. But I want you to come and lead the way and to share with us um, what's God been doing in your life in, in recent days. So kind of challenge the leadership and the men to take some, um, you know, leadership in that, in that sense. Okay. Another thing I know you've done because I've been the recipient of this. Okay. So there's times you've said, now bow your heads, bow your hearts right now, and just ask God, does he want you to share? And then you say, and if you have sweaty palms and you're... <laughs> And I already know the rest of it. All I know is at that point, Byron says, okay, I'm there. I'm ready. And uh, so even those little practical, I, yeah. Yeah, you talk to us about well, how you I had a lady come and say, man, I was sitting there and my hands were sweaty. I thought I was going to throw up. I said, don't, don't wait to throw up before you come and share. I think the other thing you can do is also, sometimes I'll do this before we even start, 
just have them take a moment and turn the person next to you and share what God has done in your life in the last few days. So now you've just verbalized that to someone right by you. And then decide now some of you just shared something that, that we need to hear. And, and you've just shared that. So come share that. And also remind them, sometimes we think, well, I don't have some big deal. I don't have, I didn't, you know, you know, give up drugs today or whatever. Um, God deals with us in all the levels of where we're at. And there's nothing too small. If God has worked in your heart, it's, he does that so he can give glory, get glory. And if we don't give God the glory he deserves, then he stops working because we're not verbalizing to his glory. Here's what God's been changing to me. Doesn't matter how small it is. It's important to share that. So God gives his glory where he gets glory. Is that what I just heard you say? That's powerful. Right. Hey, I, I just remembered you're in North Carolina right now in a small community called Conover, North Carolina. And I remember this and it kind of ties to what you're talking about right now is there was a grocery store, some local store there in Conover. And the manager of that store, people begin to make restitution and go back to that grocery store to, to, to make restitution for groceries they had stolen. And I remember the manager reporting on the third person that came, he just said, you're the third person today that came and shared what God's doing in your life and returning uh, uh, stolen goods or, or making restitution. What's going on down there at that church in Conover? So uh, not just within the walls of the church, sharing what God's doing in the community and obeying in that context creates a, wow, real Christianity and authenticity. That's right there where you are now. I remember it so <laughs> Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So, Steve, why don't you pray for pastors right now that God will give them uh, whatever they need to be able to see the necessity of people sharing publicly what it is God is doing in their lives. Sure. Father, we're so thankful that you are at work in the hearts of people. And, and we, we realize as you work in our hearts that you want us to um, verbalize that. So you receive the glory that you deserve. And, and I, I pray that as those of us in positions of leadership, um, see you do that, that we would lead the way by sharing not, not just illustrations of um, victories, but God, we'd be transparent about the needs in our own life. And then God, give these pastors and those that are leading um, services wisdom to be able to discern, is this, is this a right time? Is this going to be effective now? And that you would just guard the microphone and give them faith to, to, to step out and, and to let you work in the hearts of people and let them verbalize that with others so that um, others could be blessed and encouraged in, in the days ahead. And God, all the, all the mechanics, all the things that um, could go wrong and all the hesitations, God, so many of those are just our own insecurities. And so I pray that we would overcome those and, and, and leave those behind and let you really be the, the Lord of the service and that you would use them, um, the obedience that, that um, these pastors and these leaders have um, to multiply your work in the hearts and lives of their congregations. And for what you're going to do, we'll give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Kyle, that's so awesome. Uh, Life Action as a ministry has had teams in over 7,000 churches wow. in the last 50 years. So. So what, what Steve is talking about is a real thing, mm -hmm. and we can learn from it well right. and get over our fear sure. of opening up to hear what God is saying to the church. Yeah, that's right. You know, right. and, uh, well, we just pray God will do that more. Amen. You know. Amen. 
I think uh, we always love to have some time of sharing the truth, some time of testimony, some time of prayer. Mm-hmm. So Kyle, why don't you lead us out just praying that, you know, we wouldn't be afraid of this mm-hmm. and we would be prepared for this mm-hmm. and, and that God would just open the hearts of people wow. and uh, fresh stories. So lead us as we pray. Yeah. So Lord, help us. Help us to believe. Uh, Lord, I, I think as Bill was sharing, just that part that stuck out to me was uh, the faith. Uh, Lord, the faith to believe that you are moving, are doing, and that you speak to us in real time. Uh, Lord, that in the midst, so we don't have to be afraid because we have the help of the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. I, I pray for men and women that are listening today, uh, Lord, that you would build our faith on the front side right? so that when you do show up, Lord, we can believe you in real time. Yeah, that you are speaking, are moving, and that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, Lord, in every season mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Father, I, I pray that you would take away the fear mm-hmm. of, of, oh, what if somebody says something that's, that goes too far? And uh, Lord, I think you're afraid, uh, not afraid, but you're concerned that we wouldn't go far enough, yeah. that we wouldn't get honest, that we wouldn't get real. So we pray for an explosion of transparency mm. and honesty. And uh, Lord, if we can't, if if we can't in the church say this is where I am and where I've been and what God has done, then where can we do that? So I, I just pray, Father, that fresh you would so work in in millions of lives, mm. literally across the United States in such a way that there would be an explosion of stories. We would tell the next generation, Lord, mm-hmm. what you have done. That's right. And it would be so clear. Mm-hmm. And give us wisdom as leaders to know how to just gently, lovingly, wisely mm-hmm. shepherd that along the way. Mm-hmm. And we'll give you glory for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the One Crap Podcast. And we want to remind you that you can learn more and have all kinds of resources by going to the One Cry website, onecry.com. Uh, and on there, you can begin with a seven-day personal revival uh, journey. And there are sections for your church, how to pray for your church, how to pray for the nation, how to pray for revival in your community. And we also want to encourage you, as always, to share the One Cry podcast with others. Uh, And we'll hope you'll join us every week.